Welcome to Hope City Church Online. I am at our South Louisville campus, and even though we cannot be together physically, I am excited that we get to continue to share messages and connect during this time. My name is Katie, and I am the Next Generation and Creatives Pastor here at Hope City Church, and I am so pumped that we get to, uh, I get to share this message with you today. We are in the middle of our series, Long Story Short, and I am honored to be here, and if you are ready, it is going to be an awesome, awesome day for us. So if you are ready, throw up one of those high five, one of those uh, hand raise emojis for us online Yes, awesome. So we are halfway through our series, Long Story Short, where we have taken 10 weeks to go from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And each week we've said that we are connecting the dots to understand the story of the Bible as a whole. We are drawing, uh, connecting each story. Last, a couple of weeks ago, we started out with Adam and Eve and the creation. Then we talked about Abraham and the promise. And then Exodus, where Moses brought the promise out of uh, Egypt. All the people end up in the promised land, tw- two million people. Um, and then Pastor Jason last week taught us how the people turn their back on God because they stop needing him because sometimes it's hard to want God when we get what we want. So it has been an incredible Uh, four weeks so far. So if you've missed those messages, please check those out on our app or on YouTube or somewhere. But last week we left off talking about recognizing when we drift, when we drift from God, because we will. We will drift and we're going to pick up and we are going to see the Israelites have are like in the middle of a 500-year drift. They have totally drifted away from God. And the question is, what is God going to do with them? He has kept his promise. We learned about it a few weeks ago. He has kept his promise. He brought them into the promised land, but they have not followed through on theirs. They promised to worship God and him and stay faithful, but once they got what they wanted, they turned their back on God. And to get us started today, I want to ask this question. So take a moment, think about this. What do you do when the traffic light turns yellow? Traffic, I feel like there's like three options. Like when when you're driving and you see the light turn yellow, you're either like me and you kind of like gas it, try to get through, right? (laughs) Or some people, they'll slow down like they're supposed to. And other people like slam on the brakes and like scare the people behind them like me who is trying to get through it, right? (laughs) So take a moment, think about that. Because in today's message, we are going to see that God is flashing yellow lights all over the place for Israel. He is like warning them over and over, flashing yellow lights at them. And God may be doing the same thing for you and me. He may be doing that same thing. So what happens to the nation of Israel and the same thing happens to us is that we think we are that taking control of our life will help us get what we want Without saying it out loud, we come to the conclusion that we don't really need God, that we have it all under control, but we don't. Israel is headed for destruction, not because God was mad at them, but because sin leads to death. And the wages of sin is always death. When we follow those, the ways of sin, it will lead to spiritual death. And God decides to do what only a loving father would do. And he warns them. Over and over again, he warns them, turn back around and turn to me. 
and he's going to use the people called prophets to speak to them. Prophets were people who spoke for God. The most famous example that you might know is Jonah. Jonah, or God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, and he ran the other way. God sent a storm and a whale. Maybe you know that story. Think of a prophet like this. It's like a good doctor. The doctor diagnoses the case, prescribes a remedy, and warns the patient of what will happen if the prescription is ignored. So over hundreds of years, God sent prophets to warn the people. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Malachi, Amos, they're all in the Old Testament. And maybe you've read those books before and they got a little weird really fast. Like the books of the prophets can seem kind of strange. But the main thing you need to know is what you need to remember is God is trying to save the people from destruction. He was begging them to come back to him and he does the same for you and me. And our big idea today that we're going to see is that God loves you too much to leave you alone. He loves you too much to leave you alone. As we read the story today, we have a chance to search ourselves. Is God trying to warn you? Are you headed in the wrong direction? Are you being stubborn and forgetting that God is better than anything else? If we let him, God may identify something in our life, provide us with a solution, and warn us of what will happen if we don't follow his instruction. And throughout all of it, for Israel and for us, he begs us to turn away from the wrong ways and turn to the right ways. He's not trying to punish us. He wants to protect us. You see, we don't get mad whenever our check engine light comes on. Well, we get a little upset. But we don't get upset when our check engine light comes on because it's saving us from trouble. Or our gas light comes on before we actually run out of gas. So we should not get mad at God when he warns us to keep us from trouble. He loves us too much to leave us alone. The question is, will you invite him in or will you ignore him? So to answer that, to talk through this, we're going to read a story from, it's actually from Nehemiah chapter 9. This is like after the fact. Nehemiah is like recapping what happened when the people ignore the prophets. So it's chapter 9, Nehemiah chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 29. He's writing after, after this has happened, we're going to see what happens when the people ignore God. Verse 29, it says, you warn them. To return to your law, but they became proud and obstinate and disobeyed your commands. They did not follow your regulations by which people will find life if only they obey. If if only they obey. They stubbornly turned their backs on you and refused to listen. So the people are not listening to God. God is like, obey me, turn to me, and they're not listening. They don't realize that life comes from obeying God, and we don't realize that either sometimes. It says they stubbornly turned their backs on refused to listen. In your love, you were patient with them for many years. You sent your spirit who warned them through the prophets, but still they wouldn't listen. So the prophets are there warning them, but they still wouldn't listen. So once again, you allowed the people of the land to conquer them. But in your great mercy, you did not destroy them completely or abandon them forever. 
What a gracious and merciful God you are. Verse 32. And now our God, the great and mighty and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love, do not let the hardship we have suffered seem insignificant to you. Great trouble has come upon us, upon our kings and leaders and priests and prophets and ancestors, all of your people, from the days when the kings of Assyria first triumphed over us until now. Every time you punished us, you were being just. We have sinned greatly and have and you gave us only what we deserved. Verse 34, our kings, leaders, priests, and ancestors did not obey your law or listen to the warnings in your commands and laws. They did not listen even while they had their own kingdom and they did not serve you. Though you showered your goodness on them, you gave them a large fertile land, but they refused to turn from their wickedness. So even when things are going good and they have their own kingdom, they refuse to listen to God and see what happens in verse 36. So now we are slaves in the land of plenty that you gave our ancestors for their enjoyment. We are slaves here in this good land. The people are ignoring God and the prophets that are speaking to them and what happens they become slaves to the things God meant for good. Have you ever felt this way? Like you finally got what you wanted, finally got the job, finally got the relationship, but you feel stuck or caught or unable to control your life. See, this is what happens when we worship something else other than God. Let me show you what I mean. We want a new job that pays better and we finally get it only to become a slave to the paycheck. We want success only to become slaves to people's approval and have to keep achieving. Maybe we want a relationship, but after a while we realize that we just cannot be alone. Scripture in Romans 6 tells us, don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. How do we get to a place where we are helpless to all the good things in our life? Where we feel trapped, where we thought we got what we wanted and now we can't break free. How does that happen? We ignored the warnings. That's what Israel did. And that's what we do too. So for the time that we have left here today, I am going to give us four ways that God warns us. Four ways that God warns you. We're gonna, it's all throughout the book of the prophets. There's these four ways in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Malachi. All the books show four ways that God warns the people of Israel. And it's the same way he warns you. God always gives us a choice. And his warnings are proof that he loves you too much to leave you alone. The first way that God warns you is through people. People in our lives that are speaking to us, helping us know what it is that we need to turn away from. Think of it like a sibling, like an older sibling, maybe a mentor, somebody that says, you know, I've been there, don't do that, don't go down that road. Go this way. Mentors in your life that have the opportunity to speak into it. 
They may say something like, man, I feel like you've been a little angry lately. Is everything okay? Or I've noticed you've been working a lot. See, God gives you people to be able to reveal the blind spots in your life, to warn you before you get to a place where you're out of control, to warn you before you get to where your anger or your bitterness is controlling you, or your comparison now dictates how you view yourself, to warn you before you put people's approval above God's approval. Maybe all your friends are saying, I'm not sure about that boyfriend of yours. Or maybe someone isn't supportive of you changing jobs or a financial decision that you're making. These voices in your life are there to warn you. You need someone in your life that can call you out. So ask yourself this question. Are different people in my life always telling me the same thing? This could be God warning you through people in your life. So sometimes God warns us through people. Other times God warns us through promptings, specifically promptings of the Holy Spirit. So this could look like you're laying in bed and you have a thought that you just cannot shake. Or maybe every time you sit down to pray, you end up praying about this one thing. The Holy Spirit is, might be prompting you to warn you. Maybe you are praying and you're praying for someone in your life and all of a sudden you end up praying about your bitterness towards your kids or your spouse or praying about your job. Or maybe you find yourself praying about God to help you with an addiction. You can feel him saying, it's getting out of control. So if the first question says, are there people in your life saying the same thing? This question is, am I always thinking the same thing? Am I always thinking about the same thing? Do I find myself thinking about the same thing all the time? That could be the Holy Spirit prompting you and warning you. This is huge for me. When I find myself thinking about the same thing over and over, it almost always is Holy Spirit prompting me to do something. So sometimes God warns us through people. Sometimes God warns us through promptings. And other times God warns us through problems. Nehemiah 9 verse 32 said, Great trouble has come upon us, upon our kings and leaders and priests and prophets and ancestors, all of your people. When we don't listen to God's warning, he will allow problems in our lives to get us to turn back around. He does not do that to punish you. Some of you need to hear that again. God is not punishing you. But he will allow trouble or problems or trials or inconveniences in order to get you away from wherever it is you're going, to keep you from destruction the same way he did for the Israelites. Maybe marriage problems are there to help you see that your anger is getting out of control. Relationship problems are there to help you see that's not the right person you should be with. Or maybe you're putting them before God and you're worshiping a person over worshiping God. Problems at work. Maybe you keep getting fired about the same thing and it's, and it's something consistent, a consistent problem in your life. And if you just address it, it could be a blessing. So the question I want you to ask yourself is, am I always addressing the same issue? Am I always having to address the same issue? 
finances, anger, jealousy, work, relationships? Is there a consistent problem in my life? It could be God warning you. See, God warns us through people, through promptings and problems. And one of my favorite ways that God warns us, and maybe you have experienced this for yourself, and it's through preaching. Through preaching. The Word of God isn't just inspired, it's inspiring every single day. The Bible is living and breathing, and when someone takes the time to preach the Word of God, He will use it to warn you. It's all throughout Scripture where people are preaching, turn away from your life and go to God. This is the most incredible ways that God warns you because reading Scripture out loud is powerful. Maybe you find yourself listening to a message and you can't help but feel like the pastor is is talking directly to you about that one thing that you cannot shake. When someone is preaching, you cannot help but feel the conviction of your sins or idols in your life, and God just wants you to turn to him. He could be warning you. Maybe God is speaking to you right now through these words, warning you of things you need to walk away from, let go of, surrender, because he loves you too much to leave you alone. Think about this. Are the spiritual leaders in my life, always saying the same thing? Are the spiritual leaders, your pastors in your life, people that you look up to, saying the same thing? See, God warns us through people, through promptings, through problems, and through preaching. And I want to tell you what this has looked like for me in my life. So I grew up in church, I didn't really know Jesus. I just knew about him. I learned about him in school and everything else, but I did not have a relationship with Jesus. I made decisions based on what would make me happy and maybe like not get me in trouble or not hurt someone else. That's how I made my decisions. Life was pretty good, or so I thought. Go through high school, and my priorities were like hanging out with friends, finding a great boyfriend, partying, different things. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal, just rebellious teenager things, going out on weekends. In my college years, my priorities were similar. Get a good education, be successful, have fun, find a husband. None of that was bad until those desires started dictating how I lived. I lived for parties and drinking. Without me even realizing it, drinking had started to take a hold on my life. It became something I was known for. It was a part of my identity. Fast forward a few years, I met my husband, Brad. We were 21. We were not following Jesus. And drinking was a huge part of our relationship. It's what we did. What's life without a little fun, right? Wrong. (laughs) I had no idea how much alcohol had a hold on me. When I was 25, I came to Hope City Church and I got saved. I was pursuing Jesus, but I was still living for the weekends, tailgating and softball and bars and everything, but I was still coming to Hope City. Then the warning started. I would say it started 
by promptings from the Holy Spirit. Every time I opened my Bible, I felt like it was something was speaking to me to tell me that I needed to quit drinking. Verses like 1 Peter 3, verse 15 that says, always be ready to explain your hope as a believer. I was always ready to talk about my testimony after I found Jesus. Except when I had one too many glasses of wine and I would miss a moment. I could feel the Holy Spirit and God telling me I have something so much better for you, but I didn't want to listen. Then there was preaching. I remember a sermon in 2015 where Pastor Jason compared um, something in our life that we didn't want to lay down to boxing. And he's like, I hope that you go 12 rounds with God this week and come out on the other side. And I did. I went 12 rounds with God that week because I was fighting to hold on to this. I had it under control. It's not a sin, I would say. But drinking had become an idol in my life that I wasn't willing to let go of even when God was warning me. Thankfully, I had people, my sister and my best friend, Jesse, who loved the Lord and loved me. And they would say things like, if he told you to do it, you gotta lay it down. You gotta let go of it. And then came the problems. I remember crying to my sister one night saying, Brad and I are arguing all the time. I feel like I just want to get divorced. I don't know what's wrong. But the reality was the drinking was the reason we were fighting. The common denominator in all of our arguments was my drinking. I had not only let it take over me and control over me, it took my relationships and my future. And God warned me over and over and over again, tear down this idol, Katie, I have something better for you. I had no idea. I had no idea what God had planned for me, but I found myself in a place where I needed to make a decision and trust what God was telling me recognize the warnings in my life and take the courageous step to lay it down because God loved me too much to leave me alone and I had to believe there is nothing better than him so four years ago in September I allowed God to tear down something that had me captive my life has completely transformed and I would not be speaking here today if it wasn't for the warnings that God put in my life to redirect me back to Him. And it led me to a life of full surrender. So I don't know what He's trying to warn you of right now, but I tell you, whatever it is, you need to listen because it's gonna change everything. I could give you more stories in my life or my husband's life where God warned us to turn away turn away from what we were doing and go to him and it just brought so much joy in our life or my best friend who walked away from a relationship that was 10 years that she did not know she would live without and now she's married to a man that loves the Lord and is leading their family spiritually so whatever God is asking you to let go of and warning that you're putting in front of him 
Listen, even if it means quitting a job or taking a demotion or breaking up with someone or going to marriage counseling or running from sin, listen to the Lord because He is for you and He loves you too much to leave you alone. Nothing in this world is better than Him and better than a life surrendered to Him. But the truth is, at some point, you will worship something in this world before God. You will find yourself controlled by sin, pride, approval of others, success, whatever it is. I would be lying if I said that we always recognize the warning signs and do what's right. Don't get me wrong, it gets easier. When you're searching for God, He shows up and He warns you and it does get easier to recognize the signs. But I would be lying to you if I said that you don't fall into that. So what do you do? When you end up in a place that you never thought you would be, what do you do? We're gonna look in Deuteronomy 4. It paints a perfect picture of what we do when we end up where the Israelites did with their backs, with our backs to God. Deuteronomy 4, verse 28, it says, There in the foreign land you will worship idols made from wood and stone. So you will worship something of this world. It says you will. Gods that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But from there, but from there, but from there, when you get to a place where you're worshiping something more than God, when you get to the place where you're controlled by sin, from there, from right there, from right there in the middle of your shame, in the middle of your guilt, from there in the middle of your divorce, in the middle of your fourth relapse, in the middle of your addiction, in the middle of your anger, from right there in the middle of the place where you never thought you would be, and the enemy's telling you you're done from right there right there in the middle of all of it what do they do it says you will search for the lord again you will cry out to him again you will search for him again and he and it says if you search for him with all your heart you will find him so right there in the middle of it, if you cry out to him again, you will find him. And in the distant future, when you are suffering all these things, you will finally return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. When you are suffering, when you are full of shame, when you are full of guilt and you cry out to him, you search for him again, he will be right there. For the Lord your God is a merciful God who will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made with your ancestors. For the Lord your God does not abandon you, does not forsake you, our God is a God of mercy and grace, and He never leaves us. He is always for us. 
it says that the promises he made long ago will come true. Nothing can take your promises away. God made promises and plans for your life before you were born and nothing can take that away. You will see him again and you will see that he never left you because he loves you too much to leave you alone. Your heavenly father loves you too much to leave you alone. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the warnings in our life that come in order to redirect us back to you. Lord, if there is anything in our life right now that you need to bring out of us, God, just show up and warn us. God, we pray the prayer. Search me, oh God, and know my anxious heart thoughts. Point out anything in my life that offends you and lead us along the path to everlasting life. God, I thank you that you are patient. God, I thank you for the promptings and the problems you send in order to get us to turn around. God, I thank you for the people in our life. God, I thank you for the preaching. God, I thank you for every single warning sign that you give us, God, that gets us back to you, to a place of full surrender to you, God. Jesus, I pray for anybody who's struggling right now to turn back to you. God, I pray that they believe that you're a loving father, a father that loves us too much to leave us alone. God, that you will just wrap your arms around each and every one of us because you never abandon us. You never forsake us. And you're just waiting for us to come home to you. God, we love you. God, we thank you for the warnings in our life, God. Help us to believe that you are for us always. In your holy name we pray, amen.